0: And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan DelZell and myself, Sonny Dem, sit at the crossroads of faith and pop culture and talk about the traditions and norms of a modern society that are usually driven by the powerful influences of celebrities, music, movies, and especially social media. And Dan, at no point is that influence potentially more, I could say dangerous, more influential, than that at the time of elections. And we just recently got done with an election and they're still voting or I guess counting the votes. And there's of course a little bit of a shenanigans going on, like down in Arizona and some other places. But when you take a look at the elections that we just had, the country is pretty much just split down the middle. Um, and there's a great divide between, in the political world, it would be what they call, you know, the Republicans versus Democrats. But I really think when you look at it, and you look at things that are going on, it's really a divide between. I'm not saying the the Republicans, and I'm not I'm not saying Republicans are one thing, and Democrats. We're taking that completely out of the conversation. What I'm saying in this country is we take a look at things where states, you know, codified their uh, abortion rights in their state constitutions. When you had a place like Montana reject a ballot measure that would allow for the care, the medical care of an infant that was born or survived an abortion or was born prematurely. So apparently, according to that rejection, if a baby is born prematurely in Montana, don't have to take care of it, don't have to give it any medical uh, help, supposedly. And so when you take a look at some of these other issues, there's a divide in this country between morality, right and wrong. Uh, the value of life versus the non-value of life. You know, life means nothing. Life is worthless. And there's this, this whole chasm between God and the values and traditions of the Bible and the world, Satan. And I think it's getting bigger and bigger, that chasm and that divide, as we move forward in life and down the road of our country the way we're going right now.
1: Yeah, you really see it, don't you, Son? And, you know, just with so many issues, and you mentioned uh, the issue of the unborn. I mean, that is one of the most glaring examples of, you know, how you see uh the way people address that if 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 the lord is living on the inside of you you know uh the one who left heaven he left the the comfort of heaven uh and and the womb if you will uh to, to 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 come here uh for us to rescue us and then to to take on human flesh and actually um you know to be conceived there in the in the womb the literal womb there of the of the virgin mary you know prior to that jesus was fully god uh, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit uh, I, I think some people may may wrongly assume son that you know Jesus didn't exist before Bethlehem it won 't be too long it'll be at christmas time um, but um, but no, Jesus has always been God he shows up in the Old Testament we won't get into that today, but um in different places he shows up because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been active in this world that, that that the Lord created in fact, in Colossians it says Jesus was the Creator of all things and and so when you 've got the Lord living on the inside of you um you you are going to be concerned about the unborn. You're going to be concerned about, uh, about all people. And um, you definitely see that divide that you referenced. You know, there's a lot of just natural selfishness that we would, we would all be living in if we didn't have, um, you know, the, the the Lord with us and in us, Uh, but how anyone could possibly vote to, to just let, uh, you know, an unborn child, uh, after a, a botched abortion, just let, to let that child die. I mean, it, it, it's every bit as hard to fathom as just, you know, those who are in favor of, of abortion to begin with, uh, especially given the fact that, uh, an unborn child, uh, experiences pain, uh, as early as, as 12 weeks. I mean, studies now are showing that, uh, you know, we know that, um, you know, there've been some, there've been some laws passed regarding the, uh, uh well, the, 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 the the Unborn Baby Pain Capable Act. I'm not getting the name of that right, but um, the House of Representatives passed uh, a bill. I, I should say here. I think it was 2013, 15, and 17 dealing with the uh, an unborn baby experiencing pain at 20 weeks, um, and and various states have have taken up you know measures like that. But it's just unbelievable that that someone would not be concerned about an unborn child about them uh, you know being killed about them going through pain. But, but as we've said, there's a, there are a lot of issues where you're just going to have a real big difference between the way that someone with the creator of the world, uh, the Savior, the Redeemer living in you, the way you look at that and, and the way that someone who doesn't know the Lord looks at it. And I think like you say, Son, it does seem to be getting wider. Yeah, You know, that gap does seem to be getting bigger and and it's more apparent, you know, whether whether uh, somebody wants to, uh, you know, walk in the light or, or walk in darkness and of course that generates then all sorts of you know hostilities at times and animosity even hatred uh you know things that have to be um have to be battled as a result of this huge chasm this difference between uh what is light and what is dark
0: you know and the other thing too dan when you take a look at some of these ballot measures that were on the ballot across the country a lot of it outside of abortion had to do with legalizing of recreational marijuana, as they call it. I know California at times had put on their ballot, maybe New York as well, and some of these other liberal cities, you know, these uh, injection, drug injection sites. So you have drugs supposedly are supposed to be illegal, um, but yet they want people that are addicted to heroin and some other drugs to be able to go to a legal injection site to, you know, do their drugs. Obviously, <clears throat> their thought is that it's a safer way for, you know, drug drug people, druggies, you know, drug addicts to be able to, you know, do their business. Um, You also have then online sports betting and gambling on the ballots. And so again, not saying that, one or the other is bad. You know, a lot of people do a lot of online gambling. So let's just take that out of the equation. If it's good or bad, we can argue that later, debate that later. But look at it. You're talking about legalization of drugs. You're talking about gambling. You're talking about abortion rights. You're talking about things like, um, I think there was, um, well, you got the student loan debt that um, um, the president has flowed out there. You've got the the voter ID laws. And being able to prove that you're a citizen in some states being voted no. So it's like all the things that would set up a morality-based law or a morality-based way of doing something is just being eroded with all these other things. And I don't care what you say because I've witnessed it just in the last few weeks. I know a guy that started online betting and he started a little bit, you know, a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. You lose some, now you got to try to get some back. And of course- That's always the thing. When you lose, you bet bigger because you want to try to get things back, and then you get into a deeper financial hole, which then will lead to all kinds of troubles. Obviously, legalizing recreational marijuana isn't going to really do anything because it's a gateway drug despite what people say. They want that marijuana, then that goes to bad decision makings and leads to other things because it does alter the mind. And so again, when you talk about you know if your mind filled with the Holy Spirit, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit when you're also filled with marijuana, and you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and being a responsible person to the resources that God gave you, to the blessings that God gave you, if you're out there trying to squander it away on a regular basis. And it's just fascinating that people are just sucking this stuff up right and left And when it comes to the value of life, even something like in Montana, where if a baby is born prematurely or baby survives an abortion, no, we can just allow it to die and maybe even kill it off after the fact. So that would lead me to say something to the effect that if there's a crime like Paul Pelosi, why should we care Paul Pelosi got a hammer to the head? We don't value life anymore. We don't value people's lives because we want to make it better for them to inject drugs. We don't uh, value people's lives because we want them to get addicted to gambling. So we're going to make that. We want them to do, uh, marijuana, make that legal. We're all about, you know, transgender ideology and assaulting our kids and allowing them to, uh, learn you know, pornography and other sexually graphic things in books and teachings in schools. So why should we care Paul Pelosi gets a hammer to the head? Because we don't value life anymore.
1: Son, it's yeah it's really uh, across the board isn't it son uh, I mean you know if you're gonna if you're going to just cast aside the unborn then you raise a very good question and and make a very good point it's like well then how is there how is there value to any life and you know as, as you mentioned the the, the gambling issue and, and how addictive that is the thought that came to my mind as well on that son is you look at some of the things that people are trying to fill their life with with and fill their their mind with, um, and, and just sometimes it's because of boredom. Uh, many times it's because of stress. You know, I was uh, reading this week, Son, that uh, there was a survey here recently that 42% of, of Gen Zers, so uh, of those Gen Z um, uh, young people, 42% of them have mental health struggles uh, that, um, and I think it might have even been 55 Percent of, of that age group son that is taking some form of medication for uh, for stress for anxiety. I mean, um, I mean, we, we we know the the uh, you know the fentanyl um, epidemic. Uh, I, I believe there are, are three hundred people, if I'm not mistaken, who die every day in America from you know drug drug related things, you know, overdoses and things. The fentanyl things just making it so much worse. But um, whether it be whether it be uh, gambling, whether it be uh, Uh, marijuana, whether it be fentanyl, uh, whether it be just, you know, an addiction to alcohol, um, there are so many things that that people turn to, um, and you know what well, what the lord offers us son is is something that will satisfy our soul um he he said you know uh you who believe in me out of you will flow rivers of living water and 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 so jesus offers us um this pure spiritual satisfying life um with with him and and with the person of the holy spirit also who comes to to live within the body of the believer and so this really is what um, you know, a Gen a Gen Z uh stressed out young person needs. This is what um a senior citizen who's maybe um, you know, just really uh uh just bothered about maybe some health issues or some other things going on. I mean, whatever your age, um, the Lord said, Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And of course we've just come out of another election season. There's been a lot of stress and, and a lot of um, anxiety related to that, because of course, you know, with, with the 24 hour news cycle now, I mean, you know, elections are nonstop. I mean, we, I mean, we, we hadn't even really gotten done with this election and now it's on to, you know, 2024. Uh, but of course, as you mentioned, I mean, there's still a lot of counting of ballots and it's just kind of crazy that, um, you know, I, I don't know, son, on that point, and, and, you know, this, the others are making the same point, but how, how could Florida, how can they get it so right? How can they have a system where, you know, everything, It's counted. There's none of this craziness like you see in some of these states out west, Um, and and they keep doing it over and over and over again. And you know, one thing that it it sure seems like, Son, is that um, you know when we went through COVID. And, and then, uh, you know, there was this excuse now to go to some of this electronic, you know, balloting or more of that. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think getting away from paper ballots, I mean, it just opens up the door for all sorts of, of, of issues that can arise from that. Um, uh, I mean, you, you can have fraud, you can have, um, uh mechanical problems and then he sometimes you don't know you know what what what's going on. Uh you know, it was kinda interesting. You know, I I found it very interesting that I believe it was in Maricopa County in Arizona, they were saying, Well, why why was it that on the day of the election the, the, the uh the machines that were having the problems were only the machines in those uh uh areas where, where it was heavy Republican, you know? Uh and um I mean so again, you you're gonna get cynicism about that, you're gonna get questions about that. Thank <laughs> you. Um, it, it, it's, it's just part of the world in which we live But How, how can you not get that right? How can, you know, just go back to smaller, you know, precincts with paper ballots. I mean, why do you have to do this mass thing? Well, um, you know, it, it's just part of the, the, the world now in which we live, but you got all these pressures going on around everybody, son. And, and at the end of the day, um, everybody needs the Lord. And, and, uh, there aren't going to be a lot of people, um, I guess who are going to turn to the Lord. Jesus said, uh, you know, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it and and so you know I guess what we what we hope and pray for is that you know some of some of the folks today in in our own nation who are struggling who are searching, maybe they're turning to drugs, maybe they're turning to gambling, maybe they're turning to something to to fill a void, but they don't know christ um you know we know the answer and and so that is um, that, that is the person that we want to try to introduce them to and invite them to to come to him because uh, he, he really does give a person rest when you turn to the Lord, um, ask him to forgive your sins, and just place your faith in him.
0: Yeah, you know, people talked about this red wave that was coming, which I guess— was suggesting that, you know, Republicans were going to take and sweep a lot of things. But when it comes down to it, the only thing that really matters is the red wave of Jesus' blood washing over us and cleansing us from our sins. Because outside of that, right. nothing else matters. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter who's running right. the country because eventually we will all have to answer to somebody and God sent his son to die on the cross for us. And that's the ultimate punishment that now we have the opportunity to opt out of by accepting him and by believing in him and by trying to be as best as we can, following the example that he set for us and by, um, you know, reading the scripture, praying and doing all the things that are biblically right for us to do. But that also includes, um, and I think you write. I think you say a best in an article that you just uh, recently wrote. When we are consumed by hatred, you know the the great divide in this country even goes back to the COVID days. Is is this hatred t- towards one another because of the political divide? But you write in there something along the lines of that. You know, it's one thing to judge an idea; it's another thing to judge the person. You know, altogether. And I think that's where the difference is. We can sit here. And I think a lot of Christians, I think a lot of conservatives, even if they're not religious, will judge an idea. They might not be religious, but they think, you know, the right to life is a good thing. If they aren't, um, you know, maybe for, Illegal drugs you know or legalizing drugs, maybe they 're not for gambling because they think it's a bad idea if they 're not for bringing a casino into their community because they think it might you know bring in an unsavory element to their kids if they 're not for CRT and teaching kids transgender ideology they might not have a religion or a belief in Christ, but they still believe these things are wholesome or, or are bad for the family and they want wholesome education for their kids. And so they're judging the idea of it. But oftentimes in my experience, people on the other side will now judge me. I remember many times during COVID when I was opposite of what a popular belief might be, people would sit there and wish me death. They wish me, they hope, I hope you get COVID and die. You know, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're pro-life. Oh man, I hate you. You know, I hope bad things happen to you. And it's like, where's this coming from? And I think that's why you're starting to see more and more of these, you know, less valued life things coming in because people don't judge the idea anymore. They judge the person. There's a hatred in their heart for somebody that is opposed or has a different opinion. And Satan is using that. And he's building up that fortress in the mind that we've talked about recently. That's not allowing, you know. Morality to enter that mind, and it's becoming depraved an mind, and that's coming out because, as it says, you know, by your fruits you shall know them, and there's a bunch of sour grapes coming out from a lot of people.
1: Well, I tell you, and, and and it comes out many times as anger and hostility. You know, I was, I listened to someone here in the last day or so, they uh, just, there was a little clip and they were, they were talking about how angry Barack Obama seemed when he was campaigning for somebody somewhere here recently. And, and it's like, well, you know, certainly there's going to be a lot of, um, unholy anger when you are promoting, um, the things that, 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 uh, you know, that, that he, he, he has promoted, um, uh, regarding transgenderism um regarding uh same sex marriage which you know i i think we live in a day those time where every time we say that it, we, we probably want to add to that now now we're we're not saying that that's a bigger sin than fornication or adultery um and, and maybe 98% of of you know sexual sin is is related to heterosexual sin, so we need to make that point be, be, because uh what well, what the devil wants to tell people is that well you know those Christians you know they always harp on same sex marriage no um if, if if incest was being you know really pushed in the mainstream today, we'd be talking a lot more about that. I'm glad we don't have to I wish we we didn't have to address you know same sex issues I wish we didn't have to address sexual sin at all. now it does get addressed in the Bible, but when you have a culture that is going to promote it. The way that Barack Obama did, um, you know, uh, you know, the way, you know, he had, he had said that, um, when he was running for president, that he was against gay marriage. Um, well, a few years later, then he came out for it. So, um, You know, and then a few years after that, he tried to um, command the public schools to allow transgender students into the bathroom of their choice. I I just go into that to say he's still very angry, Um, even though you can cover that up with a smile. um, There's a lot of unholy anger in a heart that's going to promote those sorts of dark things. But the same would be true. You know, um, you you could say the same thing about, um, uh, you know, the uh, who, who was the guy? Uh, his name. The, the guy with Playboy, you know, who just died uh, yeah, right so recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say the same thing with Hugh Hefner. I mean, you know, he could have you you, know, you could have a smile on your face, but but when you're going to just be. Um, encouraging sexual lust, you know, um, you are, there's going to be a lot of darkness in your soul. And and likewise, a a soul that's filled with hate, uh, a soul that's filled with a judgmental attitude. And and you know, son, it's something that we all have to be aware of. Uh, As I mentioned in my message on Sunday when I was uh, talking about one of the largest rivers in the world, the Ganges River in India, it also happens to be uh, you know, one of the most polluted rivers uh, in the world, a, a billion uh, gallons of raw sewage gets dumped into the Ganges River every day. And yet, um, Hindus are are taught that on certain festival days, just a few times, um, I mean, there's one main one every 12 years, you know, um, you can go and you can bathe in that, in that toxic uh, river um, and have your sins forgiven. Um, so that's a dark ideology. It's tragic that somebody would believe that. It's tragic that, um, you know, that, that Hinduism would teach that there are 330 million gods, uh, you know, because that's not true, but they don't know that it's not true. They believe it is true. Um, and, and, and so it's up to us as Christians To try to spread the gospel, the good news that you don't have to step into a, uh, you know, a a river of raw sewage uh, to try to have your sins forgiven. Um, You don't have to believe in karma. Uh, You don't have to believe in reincarnation. Um, you can believe what the Bible says uh, about um, the fact that we're all going to stand before God one day. And in the book of Revelation, it talks about those who are wearing white robes and standing before the throne. Multitudes of people, in fact, you know, from every nation standing there before the throne. And... um And it says in Revelation uh, chapter 7, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? These are they who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So there's that red wave, Son, that you mentioned uh, a little bit ago. The only red wave that can help a person in eternity is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago. Um, None of those 330 million gods of Hinduism did that. Um, None of them have any way to forgive your sins. The Ganges River uh, and the gods of, of Hinduism cannot take away your sins, but Jesus will Because he is the creator. Uh, He is God along with the father and the Holy spirit. And if you will come to him today and bring him your sin and ask him to forgive you, just, here's a simple prayer. Just say, wash me Jesus with your precious blood. Wash me Jesus with your precious blood. Um, And you know, son, I mean, I know like you same with myself, I mean, like our kids, I mean, you know, those of us who've been blessed to grow up in a Christian family, I mean, we We've heard this message from the time we were young um you know imagine growing up in a Hindu family. Um, you know, imagine growing up in a land where maybe you don't even have a Christian missionary near you. Or, or if you do, you see some of the extremists as goes on, for example, like in, in, uh, parts of India. Um, you know, you see extremists who are persecuting those Christian missionaries. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've told the story, uh, you know, multiple times about, um, Pastor Vijay, who we've known for years from India. And uh, Pastor Vijay, uh he uh he actually did a little bit of work with uh Mother Teresa there in Calcutta, but he worked with he worked with some of the poorest of the poor, but but he's also been involved with um a number of ministries through Shalom Ministries, is as, as the ministry. Well anyway, um Pastor Vijay uh, told us that they had two missionaries that they had trained by the name names of Daniel and Isaac. And these two missionaries were feeling like God was calling them to go and minister to some of the poorest of the poor. Uh, Some people there in India known as the untouchables, the the lowest caste of people there um, in in the country. And they felt led that God was leading them to go and minister to these to these people. And, um, they did that. They were, they were serving there and there were some radicals who came and said, we don't want you here. We don't want your message here. We don't want your Jesus here. You know, you leave or you're going to get hurt. Well, they felt God wanted them to stay. And so they were threatened some more, but they stayed. Well, um, these extremists followed, followed through with their threats. And, you know, it's, it's just beyond comprehension, but they, 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 they took these two missionaries then, Son, and they put them in burlap bags and poured hot oil on them and left them on the side of the road to die. I mean, what could be a more horrific death? I mean, uh, you know what our Lord went through. Yes, that was more horrific. Uh, but, but um, I mean, boy, few people uh, will will ever die the way these poor men did. Um, and, and what's even more astounding, I guess, or as astounding, probably, I should say, San, is that after this just terrible thing. It happened. Um, the wives of those men felt led to continue on with the work right there in those, uh, in that area, uh, ministering to the people that, that their husbands had been ministering to. So, um, you know, when, when we go through little setbacks here, Um, Or when we have things that maybe cause anxiety, the way that, you know, 42% of Gen Z young people uh, say, you know, that they're having mental health struggles. Um, All we have to do is look at a a nation like like India in those parts, or how about North Korea or or China or other, uh, you know, countries in the world where there's tremendous persecution against Christians. And we're reminded that, you know, we, we have got it, you know, so relatively easy here in America. Um, but we don't want to take that for granted. And, 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 and I think what's happening is not with many people is, you know, they're, they're, they're bored by all the technology, all the materialism. None of it has satisfied the soul. Um, the social media, you can be on social media all day. In fact, I think that really contributes to the high level of, of, uh, of just the mental challenges and anxieties that many people have. Um, and so ultimately, we need the Lord. We need the living water on the inside of us. We don't need to get into the Ganges River, into raw sewage, and, and hope our sins will be forgiven. Uh, God will come and live within us. Just like the Holy Spirit works so that Jesus and his human nature would be conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary, um, the Holy Spirit will come within a human being today and you'll be born again on the inside. Your spirit will come alive when you repent and trust Jesus to forgive you and believe that his blood was shed for your sins. So that's the miracle of conversion that you and I, son, and Christians have the privilege of sharing with others, with with Hindus, with with anyone that will listen, and um, that doesn't mean people are gonna appreciate it. That doesn't mean they're going to want to hear it. And in some real tragic cases, um, they're going to be Christians martyred for their faith. And some even as horribly as Daniel and Isaac there in India. Um, So that's the ongoing battle in the world. It's a spiritual battle. Satan wants to keep people from knowing Christ. Uh, You know, he's one day going to be thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. It says in Revelation 20, verse 10. Um, And he knows that. Uh, but in the meantime, he's he's still you know uh, trying to do anything he can to turn people away from the Lord. And so um, every day that we have is an opportunity to do just what you and I are doing here right now, and what uh, I, I'm sure a number of the listeners you know uh, try to do in their own daily life. And that's you know how can I how can I pray and work and serve in a way that can you know lead lead somebody else in my family, lead somebody else in my school, lead somebody else in my neighborhood or or my spirit of influence you know to know the lord because at the end of the day it's like a famous missionary said um, only one life will soon be passed only what's done for christ will last and and what a privilege it is to serve the one who gave his life for us on the cross
0: yeah you know i think it was um i think it was paul that talked about you know, we must all, well, Corinthians, right? So we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one right. may receive what is due him for things that have done while in the body, whether good or bad. And so it's like, you know, like you wrote, one day we'll have to stand before the Lord, be held responsible for the things that we do here on earth. Now, Mm -hmm. there's going to be those unintentional things that we're responsible for. And what I mean by unintentional is, you know, even the Bible says no one is perfect. We're going to sin and we're going to continue to sin even after we accept Christ, even after we try to live a holy life, we're still going to fail. So I like to put that in the, you know, the column that, you know, it's, it's, it's things that we're responsible for, but it's going to happen. Okay. They're the unintentional sins. It could be, it could be anger. It could be lying. It could be whatever it is. But then there's the intentional things, you know, there's the intentional things like um, things that we support when it comes to politics, judging one another because of the ideology that they have, um, turning our backs on people, um, you know, those type of intentional things where we intentionally will want to do something that is negative towards somebody else, maybe not praying for people, um, whatever it is, the intentional side. And so when you take a look at the politics – our daily lives you mentioned the uh, missionaries and what they went through and the sacrifices that they made but when we look here you know when we stand before god on judgment day we stand before the lord the things that we are going to be responsible for those intentional things i mean that's going to be a pretty powerful moment for a lot of people i mean for everybody is to stand before the lord one day is just going to be you know Unbelievable, because the Bible says, you know, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. So whether today or not you want to do that, one day you will. And um, and so that's the thing that, you know, if anything, keep in mind that one day we're going to be responsible for the things that we do here on earth, both good and bad. And if our intentional doings include things that promote anti-Bible, anti-Scripture, anti-God, you know, and we start promoting anti-Christ things, you know, that's going to be a pretty bleak day. And so, yes, we're not perfect, but one of the things that at least I try to do, and I'm not very good at it, but one thing I try to do is at least take opportunities wherever, use the strengths that God has given me, use the uh, the talents, so to speak, that he has given me, and try to at least share a message or share hope or share something that will try to spread that word. You know, hopefully and thankfully I live in a country where I'm not going to probably end up in a uh, in a tragic death because of my faith. You never know. But I'm not off in a foreign mission field. I'm not going to be up against, um, you know. So I have the luxury to be in a country. And like you mentioned with social media, you know, we're spoiled. We're spoiled as Christians. Mm-hmm. We're spoiled as Christ followers because we know we're not going to do that. So it takes extra um, you know, extra awareness. Am I really doing all I can be doing? Should I be doing more? Are there opportunities that I can take to do more to spread the word? Can I take politics and not, and not hate somebody and not judge the person? Maybe in a conversation, try to explain why your point of view might not be the best, but yet still then twist it away from politics and bring Christ into it. Maybe use it as an opportunity to, to witness to somebody, maybe use it as an opportunity to pray with somebody, use it as an opportunity to just even share. I mean, I've had a couple conversations over the last couple of days where I've just listened to uh, what people had to say. You know, they made a comment about the election. I'm like, Oh, what do you mean by that? And they just start to rant. And so I just listen because I'm not going to get involved because it's not the time or place, but I'm gonna listen and they get it off their chest. And then I find out that even though I disagreed with pretty much everything they said, they felt better because they were able just to vent and get whatever that emotion was inside of them because apparently, I guess, maybe they side lost. You know, if you live in a state like Nebraska and you're a Democrat, it doesn't bode very well for you. If you're a Republican in the state of California, Michigan, or New York, it doesn't bode very well for you. So you have those frustrations and sometimes just letting people vent being an ear can be an opening where maybe the next conversation might lead to a little bit more of an opportunity to share your faith. So you never know what's going to be out there. We just have to be able to be open to it and be aware, have an awareness that this is what I'm called to do. I'm not going to be out in the, you know, in the mission field. I'm not going to be out in the, you know, the, the backwoods or in the jungles or overseas somewhere. I'm here in America and where's my opportunities to shine most And then be praying for those opportunities and elections and politics is quite possibly a new way to enter because there's a lot of, you look at the statistics that went on, a lot of single young women, they voted all Democrat because they're for pro abortion and all those things. Uh, you know, transgender ideology, you know, there's an opportunity not to fight with people, but an opportunity to present the gospel just by engaging in conversation by listening first to what they have to say. And then when they say, well, what do you think? Now, now they just opened the door. They just invited you to spread the gospel, to spread Christ's message of forgiveness, of love, of hope, because they asked you what you thought.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Son. Uh, you know, looking for those opportunities to, to witness to others, to bring Christ into the conversation. You know, one thing too that we want to always remind people of when we, when we talk about verses like the one that we, we looked at there with, uh, you know, staying before the Lord on, on Judgment Day. Um, we want to always remind people because this is not part of our natural way of thinking. Um, we need to remind people that you don't do your first good, good, good work in God's eyes until you 're saved, redeemed, justified, born again, and forgiven through faith in Jesus, and at that point, then your works start to become good in god's eyes now, as son mentioned earlier, that doesn 't mean everything we do as Christians is good, you know uh, so there are some things that don 't please the lord um, obviously uh, when we 're not um, doing his will uh, when we 're not uh, you know saying no to temptation uh, when we're when we 're not loving someone, when we 're you know harboring resentment or, or bitterness or grudge, okay. But But here's the thing we need to remember, Um, the people who are going to be punished for the bad things that they did are the people who are not wearing a white robe, Um, the people who are not saved because the people who are not saved have no protection against God's wrath. In fact, it's clear in the New Testament that God's wrath remains on the unbeliever until you come under that umbrella of God's grace, um, until that red wave washes over you, the blood of Jesus cleanses you through faith in the Messiah. And then at that point, from that moment on now, now, um, you are never going to be punished for the bad thing that you do now you say well, well, well what about like a, a bad thing that i do as a christian well jesus took your punishment um oh okay then i guess i can just go ahead and and and, and do bad things then right well paul addresses that in romans you know what, what then shall we say i mean should we go on sinning so that grace may increase by no means we died to sin and 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 so that that's never to be the attitude of a of a believer and a believer who has the lord living within them the holy spirit inside of your body um you are never going to have peace if you are pursuing sin. So it just won't work on multiple levels. But but the thing we want to remember is this: um, Christ took our punishment. So the the good things that we do uh, please the Lord, and, and and we'll stand before the Lord one day, and and um, you know there will, there will be an accounting of, of our of our life. Um, it, it actually even talks about this in in Corinthians how our works will be tested with fire. Uh, some of our works will be like, um, you know, gold, silver and costly stones. Others will be like wood, hay, and stubble. And, and our works will be tested with fire talking now about believers. Um, and so the works that get burned up, maybe the stuff that we did so that other people would see us or, you know, so we, we, we'd be seen as this, you know, religious, you know, good Christian person or whatever. Uh, or, or maybe we just had the wrong motive in our heart, you know, that's the wood, hay and stubble, but the good stuff that will please. Please the Lord, and, and in essence, that will kind of come with us, you know, into heaven. In that sense, but we're not going to be punished for the bad stuff. It just won't please the Lord. Um, there won't be any reward, as it were, for it. Um, eternal life is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. But but um, you know, those missionaries that I mentioned, son, who endured what they endured when they stand before the Lord one day, um, Scripture makes it clear that um when it distinguishes between heavenly rewards uh and then the gift of eternal life um that that thief on the cross who got in at the last minute there he's going to get into the same heaven that, that daniel and isaac will be in but now what will daniel and isaac's reward be um and and it's clear in scripture um that when you're persecuted and in that case martyred um great is your reward in heaven great is your reward in heaven um but 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 that that's something that is kind of a a secondary issue of doctrine it's it's not something that uh, uh, deals with salvation it, it's something that deals with believers it would be like some like like okay so we we have four kids they're all now um well they're we, I, i've said for years they're all in their 20s well now our oldest just turned 30 here last month but um you know it's like when our kids were growing up um if we just said hey now you know you guys do this or do that and and it's so um you know, then we're going to get this. There'll be like a little reward, or there'll be this, or there'll be that, or we'll, we'll go here, we'll do that, whatever. That was for those in the family. Um, if, if some neighbor kids had come by and said, "Hey, we heard what you know, you and Tammy were, were telling your kids, and we're here for that." We 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 well yeah you know as much as we might you know love to see them be blessed as well of course um, there are certain things that, that parents offer those in their family and God does the same thing There are certain things God offers to those in his family but 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 if you're not in the family you, you won't get any rewards and you won't even get into heaven until you receive the free gift you have to be adopted into the family born into the family I mean both images are used adoption and and being born again Jesus said you must be born again So if I'm not a child of God, how do I get born in? How do I get adopted into the family? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, Pray, watch me, Jesus, with your precious blood. Put your faith in the blood in the cross where Jesus died. Don't trust your religious deeds any longer to save you. Don't trust your morality any longer to save you. Uh, the famous preacher, Charles Spurgeon said morality will keep you out of jail, but only the blood of Jesus will keep you out of hell. And that my friend is the red wave. This son mentioned earlier, that's the red wave. Um, that's interesting. I just, I just wrote an article yesterday. Uh, uh, I think the title was something like uh, why, why you need, why you need the red wave, something like that. And then I see this morning that uh, uh, you know, the Christian post ran an article by Michael Brown with a very similar title on the red wave. So, uh, so I thought, Hey, a lot of, and then you mentioned it today. And so, I mean, a lot of Christians are, are thinking about, I think that red wave in terms of, the blood of Jesus, and, and as you um, a, as you said beautifully earlier in the podcast, uh, that's all that's going to matter at the end. I mean, it is not going to be um, you know politics. Uh, you know, if there had been a red wave, son, I mean, people would would have seen, I'm sure, you know, lower gas prices, lower grocery prices, lower inflation. Um, they they would have seen uh, more of a rejection of woke ideology. Um, they they, they would have seen uh, greater parental uh, rights in the in the public. Schools, they would have seen, um, you know, basically uh, uh, everything with energy, you know, starting to starting to come back in, in, into focus um, uh, as as compared to what it what it's been. I mean, there'd be a lot of changes, but all of those things I just mentioned. Um, you know, lower gas prices, uh, lower inflation, um, a, a rejection of woke ideology. Um, those things aren't going to matter to a person when, when they stand before the Lord on judgment day, all that's going to matter then is, um, you know, is, is it well with my soul? Am, am I going to be with the Lord in heaven? And, and the only way, like I say, that that can happen is uh is when we uh when, when we put our faith uh in christ i mean you know america uh, hopefully will regain energy independence but that's not going to save your soul I, I mean you know we could have a red wave uh and and regain energy independence and it's going to lower gas prices and then get things back down to where they were year, you know a few years back but but at the end of the day um it's important that a man wants to die and after that the judgment so as much as we might try to improve things here in America, nothing wrong with that, you know, but um, what are you doing about your soul? Uh, What are you doing about eternity? And and this is where Satan wants to take your eyes off of that. And and I just think, Son, with these, um, you know, 55% of Gen Zers who uh, I guess are on some form of medication for stress, um, you know, what young people, what middle-aged people, what older people need um, in the midst of a stressful life, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of pressures. Um, they need to know Christ and, and they need to take their eyes off of just what they're, what they're, you know, looking at with their face buried in their phone. Um, you know, take your eyes off of social media for a while, uh, unless you open up, uh, open up a Bible app, you know, get, get the Bible into your heart, get scripture into your mind. You want to see a pressure lifted, um, you know, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Uh, you know, if we would immerse ourselves in the Bible, in, in scripture, um, you know, the Bible says in the Old Testament, great peace have they who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. Um, the New Testament has a lot to say about when we set our minds on, on, on things above and not on earthly things. And, and when, we, when we think about things that are uh, excellent and pure and noble and, and, um, and, and so forth. So a lot of the battles that we face have to do with our thought life. And that's where Satan is attacking that's where people are coming under attack. I mean, wh- where where else are people who are uh, gender dysphoric? Where else are they coming under attack in their mind? Uh, you know, it's, it's like a person who's anorexic. Um, they're being attacked in their mind. Oh, they think they're thin, or you know, or, or I'm sorry, they think they're overweight. They think they're they're overweight, and, and here they are super thin. Um, why would a little boy think he's a little girl? Well, he's coming under attack in his mind. Um, but there are all sorts of attacks that come to them mind. And, and, um, you know, the Lord is the one who can give us peace. He, God gives us the mind of Christ, peace with Christ. Um, this is what we need today, son. And, and you know, it's really ironic because you do have those in our country. Um, not, you know, not, not to maybe as severe as places like India, of course, the example I gave, but you have people who just, they feel an inner hostility toward Christians. They feel an inner hostility toward Christ. Um, they don't even know why they don't know why, why would people use Jesus's name as a curse word? You don't, hear people saying Buddha, you know, you, you, you don't hear people using other, uh, the names of other gods false gods, but the true God, they, they're going to use his name because, um, there, there's something within man's sinful nature. And, and of course, you know, there Satan and his demons are, are trying to stir up hatred against Jesus because Satan hates Jesus. Uh, Satan was defeated by Jesus. Now he was created by Jesus. He's a created angel, but, but he rebelled in heaven. Um, he, he, he became bored with serving, God. And, and he thought, Hey, you know, um, I, I need to get some of this attention. Um, I need to get this focus. Uh, you know, I need to have everybody, uh, you know, giving me a million likes on on, on Facebook and on my Instagram and, and worshiping me and bowing down to me uh, because it has to be about me. It has to be all about me. And I'll tell you, son, that's a good warning sign for anyone, Christian or not. If, if you're starting to worry about, you know, and feel like you need people's approval or you need to be popular, you know, um, remember what that did to Satan. Remember how far he fell? And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I mean, he was up there. He was one of God's top angels. You know, um, he was a beautiful angel. Ezekiel tells us that, but his heart became proud on account of his beauty, you know, and he fell. And and, and so pride goes before uh, destruction. And that happened to Satan. Uh, Lucifer fell from heaven. Um, A third of the angels went with him. And today now, son, there's these these spiritual battles, these skirmishes going on all the time. And, and the people that don't see the spiritual warfare going on, they don't, they don't see what scripture is telling us. Um, It's very sad because uh, many people like that, they live life. All they live for is what they see. Um, And so we go back to what we talked about earlier. I mean, maybe, you know, all they can live for is, 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 to gamble. All they can live for is marijuana. You know, what, what did I read, um, here a, a couple of weeks ago about, um, I guess, uh, Snoop Dogg has apparently got somebody that he pays like maybe $80,000 a year. And all this person does is roll his marijuana joints for him. And, and, and I think there's something like maybe, uh, is this possible? Maybe he smokes about 80 of those a day? You know, I mean, that's, you know, you're doing that nonstop. But I mean, if you live for something like that, then um, that becomes that's your focus um that's what that's that's where you're you're aiming your your heart your mind and and jesus said come follow me okay and he will become our focus he'll become our our source of satisfaction so that we don't have to you know turn to these other things to distract us or try to satisfy us because frankly most of those things are just going to be, become addictive in a very bad way um and but nowhere in the bible does it ever say that um, you know you could be addicted to too much prayer, or too much Bible reading, or too much of serving others. Uh, you know, uh, begin at home, you know, and then let it branch out from there. But uh, we have, um, you know, it's that time of year, son, when you're um, at Christmas time. That famous movie at Christmas, you know, it's a wonderful life will come on again, and and you know every Christian truly has a wonderful life, um, certainly in eternity. Um, now you say, well, there was nothing wonderful about what happened to Daniel and Isaac, the missionaries, and that's true. Um, Um, that was horrific what happened to them, but I'll tell you what, great is your reward in heaven, the Bible says. So, uh, when they stand before the Lord and they hear the the words, you know, well done, thou good and faithful servant, they're going to be getting into heaven. In fact, they're already there, but. Uh, you know, they're going to live forever in heaven because they were given the free gift of eternal life. But then what they did with that free gift um, definitely um, added to what their experience is going to be like in heaven. As compared, let's say, son to the Christian, let's say, who lives in America and knows the Lord and is trusting in Christ and has been washed by the blood of Jesus. That really doesn't give a whole lot of focus to um, you know trying to reach others, trying to you know spread the gospel, trying to stand for Christ. Doesn't want to you know ever you know ruffle any feathers. Doesn't want to ever you know um, be pointed out. You know, kind of like Peter. I mean, I wasn't with him. What do you mean? You know, with Jesus? Uh, And and that's that's what we become without the power of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? I mean, even as even as followers of Christ, if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit on a given day, if if we're just doing. in the flesh. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, who, you know? Uh No, uh, that's Peter. He, uh, he certainly had a, uh, a different approach, didn't he, son? After Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit fell upon him, then they went out and boldly proclaimed. And, you know, tradition tells us uh, that, um you know, this isn't something that w- was in the Bible, but, but tradition has, has passed along that, that Peter, Uh, was crucified, uh, when he, when they put him to death for being a follower of Christ, and and that, and that Peter, um, told them, to crucify him upside down because he did not; he was not worthy of being crucified, you know, uh, the way that, that Jesus was. So, I mean, you know, Peter went from being very scared the way we all are, even as Christians. I mean, let's face it, without the Holy Spirit flowing through us, we're going to be too scared to witness, too scared to say something, too scared to give out that Christian literature. I remember one time years ago, Son, this is probably like back in, the, well, would have been back in the mid-80s. Uh, I was invited with some friends to go right here in Nebraska. S scum at the small college I was attending, but I was invited to go to Lincoln, um, and to pass out some gospel tracks. It was a heavy metal concert. I forget the name of the group, but they were going there to pass out some Christian literature. I thought, wow, you know, hey, it seems scary, you know, but I uh, never done anything like that, but uh, I was really growing in my faith. I remember stepping out and doing that. And, and that just led to all sorts of other, you know, then times of, of sharing the gospel. But, but, you know, sometimes we're going to be invited to step out of our comfort zone. I mean, some that was uh what fifteen thirty almost forty years ago you know um uh, and somebody's maybe listening to this and maybe 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 for them son there might be you know you might be listening to this uh whoever you are and and you might say you know um I just got invited I just got invited to go to church, you know, with somebody. And uh I don't know. I was kind of I don't know if I want to put myself out there that way. Well let me tell you. Um putting yourself out there for the Lord. Uh, you'll never regret it. Um, no, I'm not saying you won't ever, couldn't ever have a bad experience. I mean, you know, there there would be some places you could go to like that. Maybe that's not going to be the right, you know, the right church for you or whatever. But what I'm saying is when you take a step for the Lord, um, and it's something that God's opening up for you, um, and he's leading you to do it, um, then by all means, uh, step out in faith and, uh, you know, we, nothing got, you know, you're not going to be promised an easy life. You're not going to be promised that. um, you know, there won't be any suffering with it, any persecution. Uh, you know, um, the Bible tells us everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Um, but at the end of the day, you're going to stand before the Lord and, um, boy, you know, we're going to get to meet Daniel and Isaac when we, uh, when we get to heaven. And the last thing, you know, that they're going to be, um, you know, they're not going to be worried at all. They're not going to be, you know, focused on that, how they died. Um, they're going to be focused on who, they're with, how they're with the Lord. Yes, it was a horrific death, um, and who knows, son, I mean, maybe, who knows what happened to those persecutors, those people who killed Daniel and Isaac, you know, sometimes those people, uh, I mean, look at Paul, he was a persecutor of Christians when his name was Saul, he was out hauling uh, Christians off to prison, he was there uh, trying to get them to renounce their faith, uh, he was there cheering on when Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was stoned, uh, stoned to death. <laughs> Not that stone the other way we're talking about today like uh like Snoop Dogg that's a different type of stone uh, but uh when uh when Stephen the first uh, Christian martyr he was he was stoned for his faith uh and killed um and uh, and yeah Paul was there but uh, Saul was there um but but the lord changed his heart. So, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a great thing to be on God's team. It's going to be a wonderful, uh, eternal blessing to be with the Lord. And right now is decision time for people. Um, you know, I, I just read there, what Greg Laurie, they had another harvest crusade out in California and something like, I think I read 8,600 people came forward and professed faith in Christ. Um, you know, so it was decision time uh, for those people saw on here this past weekend. And maybe you're listening today and, and you're not 8,600 people, but you are one, you know, you are one. And, and if you'll turn to the Lord today, the Bible says there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over you, the one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. So um, today, my, Be your day to call upon the Lord, say, Wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. Uh, Will you do that today? Um, You will not regret it.
0: Dan Delzell, a pastor at uh, Redeemer Church in Papillion, Nebraska, also uh, writes at the ChristianPost.com. And Dan, as we uh, move forward from this election season into the Christmas season, maybe we can you know, refocus our attention on the true meaning of the holidays and focus on something that really matters, and that is uh, the birth of Jesus that ultimately leads to the cross, that leads to our salvation and eternity in heaven. And uh, we just appreciate your time and your insights, and thank you for sharing with us and joining us on the uh, show here today.
1: Oh thank you son and and hey I look forward to us having those uh beautiful discussions here in the upcoming weeks as we get closer to Christmas and um yeah it'll definitely be a joy to talk about our savior and his coming into the world to uh, to be born in Bethlehem as as it was prophesied hundreds of years before he was born you know Micah for example the prophet um, you know, it was prophesied hundreds of years before that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And so we'll be able to talk about that. And, and of course, we know why he came, and and uh, we know the reason for the season. And so it'll be a, another opportunity to spread, to spread the gospel and the good news of Jesus.
0: And you can check out our website at RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Just click the Sanctified Reason logo. All of our shows will pop up. And also, you can email the show at sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com, sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com if you want to reach out, and we will definitely get back to you. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.